It's a good thing that we, as human beings, have a loving shepherd, because we tend to act like sheep. Uh, I, I've never owned sheep. Uh, my, my uncles are all chicken farmers. Uh, but I've never heard anybody say, well, that's a smart sheep. Actually, you know, while I was preparing this sermon, I did YouTube um, sheep tricks. There are some smart sheep out there. Uh, but, that's, but that's the exception. Sheep need a shepherd. They need us to be present and to care for their... They, they need a shepherd to be present to care for their needs and to provide safe pastures. Isaiah 53, verse 6. At the beginning of it, it speaks of the human beings as like sheep. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Part of recognizing the greatness of our shepherd is recognizing our identity as sheep. You can let go of striving to be your own shepherd. There's a rest in that. Human beings, so often we want to be our own shepherd. We want to control everything. But when you realize, okay, God is our good shepherd. Once uh, in a discussion with a non-Christian, he said to me, he said, I think that Christianity is just a crutch for the weak. I agreed. But I qualified my statement saying, I believe we are all weak. And while Christianity could be seen as a crutch for the weak, it's also so much more. You don't have a relationship with a crutch. But we do need to realize we are weak. And we need a shepherd. So, recognizing that the Lord is our shepherd, let's take a closer look at this, um, this psalm and the details of the first four verses. I'll speak specifically of three things. He provides for our needs. Secondly, he guides us. And thirdly, he protects us in difficult times. The foundation of all of these actions is his presence. Let's begin by looking at how God provides for our needs. Look at the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Uh, this, this phrase, I lack nothing, shows that as God's sheep, we will never be without what God considers to be good for us. Left to themselves, sheep eventually will not have what they need. But if we belong to the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and eternal, we will be looked after. This doesn't mean that we have everything we, we think we want, but we'll have everything we need. This translation says, I lack nothing. Some of you might be familiar with also, the, um, I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want in some ways gives a sense of where your heart's at. But I think, I lack nothing. If your heart is in the right place, if your contentment is in God, you will be content with what you have. It doesn't mean everything will be going right. It will mean you will understand that in the midst of the situation, God is in control and God is with you. How does God provide for his people? In this psalm we see he has the sheep lie down in green pastures, leads them beside quiet waters. By doing this, he provides rest for his people. In our busy, hectic world, we need to find our rest in God. Our God is a rest-giving God. Do you slow down enough to realize that? Seems like we're so quick to um, 
to grab our phones, to just keep busy. Take time to realize true rest is given in God. Rest isn't always just stopping what you're doing. There's times in my life, especially when my family was younger, where you go on a vacation, you think, okay, I just need a vacation. I've been so busy. You go on a vacation, and then you're on the vacation. I need a vacation for my vacation. And yet, if you're truly finding your rest in God, you can be busy, you can slow down. And there are times, I'm not saying it's not right to slow down. But where are you seeking your rest? Finding your rest in God is where true rest is found. And when you do that, you can find contentment. When you are content in God, you can say, I lack nothing. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Here Jesus says, Come to me, all ye, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God will provide for what you need, and as you, he does that, you will find your rest in him. The green pastures and quiet waters are places where sheep can be nourished and find peace. They are places of comfort. It should not surprise you that the next phrase is, He restores my soul. How often do we need our soul restored? Probably daily. Let's look at the second thing. God is your shepherd, not only provides for your needs, He guides you. As God's sheep, you are provided and cared for so that you may be able to have the strength to walk God's path for you. Look at verse 3. It says, He guides me along the right path for His name's sake. Up to this point in the chapter, your shepherd is caring for your needs. Here, you have direction for the path that you need to take. The Christian life is not only about having God provide for you, it's about living it out in relationship. You have a relationship with the God of the universe and He cares deeply for you. So what does this look like on a day-to-day basis? I believe that it means that we are following and seeking Him in and through His Word. We rightly learn to live through His Word in this world. Now, uh, before, and I think Pete mentioned this, before I uh, went overseas to Taiwan with my wife, I was a teacher at a Bible, uh, I taught Bible at a Christian school. Some of the students would come to me and ask me questions after school, just about life. And in some ways, I think they thought just because I was the Bible teacher, I had like some supernatural, like some special connection to be able to give them advice from God. Most common question, not surprising, which college should I go to? So around um, 11th, 12th grade, you start getting this question. I would share my thoughts, but I'd really say to them, you should go to this school. I think God wants you to go to this school. These young people were fear, fearful of making a mistake. Like somehow they could sabotage their life. So give me guidance. They didn't want to seek God. No, I shouldn't say that. Some of them weren't seeking God. They just wanted God to give them advice to make their God life good. I would tell them, more important than the college you go to is the person that you're going to be when you get to college. 
They wanted a fortune teller. And I wanted them to be faithful to God. I think that it's important that we realize in following the right paths of God, it's not just these giant big decisions. My family, uh, well, my wife and I, early on in our marriage said, we desire to be missionaries, to follow God where he will lead us. But it wasn't like, oh, suddenly we had this big decision. We were trying to seek God and faithfully follow him every day. And that's, that can be challenging, whether you're, in, whether you're in Portland or whether you're in Kaohsiung, anywhere. That's what we're called to do. Live it out. It is the micro decisions, these small things that we're making choices of that will allow us to walk the right path that God wants us to walk. It's not these giant decisions. If you're making the small decisions, you will be prepared when the big decisions come. And you won't be fearful, or you don't need to be fearful. We are human. You don't need to be fearful of the big decisions because God will be with you in and amongst those big decisions. Look at what God says here. The last line of this verse says, for his name's sake. God is acting out of loyalty to his own character and promises. He can't abandon his sheep. It's not who he is. He's not an abandoning sheep kind of God. He's with his people and he's with his sheep. God's goodness is with you as he guides you down the right paths. So the first two are God provides and he guides. Third, God is present through difficult times in your life. Your shepherd is your protector. Verse four says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, the darkest valley, again, many of us are familiar with also it being the valley of the shadow of death. Either way, it doesn't sound like a place I want to go. Like, can I have a, a, a route around the, the darkest valley? Maybe the slightly dim valley? <laughs> go through the valley of the shadow of death. We need to realize that the quiet, um, uh, the green pastures and quiet waters and the darkest valley are all part of God's path. Nobody gets an exemption. And yet God is with us in the darkest valley. God is present. C.S. Lewis said this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. God uses the darkest valleys. Sometimes we don't understand why or how, but he uses it for his glory and he will not abandon us in the darkest valley. We can be prone to fear in the valley. How do you respond to this fear? Maybe you go into denial. Maybe you feel sadness or anger or some form of both. Maybe you have a different strategy. There's a lot of different ways people deal, deal with their fears. But we do not need to be a people given over to fear. 
When fear comes up, what are you going to do when you're in that dark valley? As people of God, we're people of hope. It's not empty hope. It's built on relationship. Remember your shepherd, remember your shepherd, remember your shepherd. Uh, when it comes to trials in life, I've heard there's three types of people. There's people who, um, who will suffer. There's people who are suffering. And there's people who have suffered. If you currently feel you're in the valley, I don't know how long it will last. I don't know how dark it will get. But I do trust that God won't leave you while you're there. And that you're not alone. I remember my mom, after uh, her mom, my grandma, passed away, she was grieving, and she, um, we were just talking, and she showed me this song, and she said, I find hope in this word, through. She said, I'm going through it. But through means to get to the other side. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. You're with me. Now, there are some who, sometimes the valley of shadow death is actually literal death. But for the follower of Jesus Christ, that valley, the darkest valley, the valley of shadow death, can lead right into his presence. Uh, the good Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Uh, some of you actually might remember it as also a country song. Uh, Winston Churchill said it first. So if you're kind of in the back of your mind thinking, hey, wasn't that a country song? No, was, and that wasn't Winston Churchill singing. Uh, I'd like to add on to that. So let me be as bold to add on to Winston Churchill. If you're going through hell, keep going. But remember, God is with you. Your security in life lies not in your situation. Yesterday, I got up and I went to Mount Hood. Beautiful day. Kids took skiing and snowboarding lessons. They had a great time. I went snowshoeing with my wife, Faith, and then we met them afterwards. Wonderful day. And then they did a couple more runs. And my son broke his arm. God's still with us in that day, but I just kept thinking, oh, it's such a great day. We don't know what will happen in life. What a strange twist to our day yesterday. But God never left us. And again, um, I hope my son's not on there. It's a broken arm. He's going to get better. Many people go through much more challenging things. But I just say that to illustrate we don't know what's going to happen in life. Jesus takes this idea of the Lord is my shepherd and he puts it on himself. John 10, verses 11 through 15, he says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus makes a very interesting comparison here. 
Jesus compares how he knows his sheep and how they know him to how the Father knows him and he knows the Father. It's almost mind-boggling. The relationship within the Trinity between the Father and the Son is so deep and profound and beyond our understanding. It is a mystery. And yet here, Jesus compares his relationship to us with his relationship to his Father. How deep and profound. Jesus also describes what he does for the sheep. He lays down his life. And it's because of what Jesus Christ has done that our sins are forgiven and we are ushered into this incredible, life-altering relationship that starts here and now, changes today, changes tomorrow, impacts us, but also goes on to eternity. Hold on to this truth. Hold on to the fact of what Jesus has done for you. When Jesus is our Savior, we can find the comfort that comes from being in a relationship with God. Peace in this world is because of God's presence with us, not from our circumstances. So let me close with this question. What if I don't feel the Lord as my shepherd? You know, we have this psalm that says, the Lord is my shepherd, so much comfort. But we have other psalms that say, where are you, God? I don't feel it. I don't know where you are. So let me start with the more harsh answer, and then I'll get to the gentle answer. Your feelings don't determine God's truth. Hey, that's the harsh answer, but I'm Canadian, so we'll get to the gentle answer. I'm doing citizenship. The gentle answer. I've been there. Probably we've all been there. We feel distant from God, and we wonder what's going on. Let me encourage you to actively seek Him. Spend time in His Word. Pray. When young people came up to me and they say, I want to grow in my relationship with God, I'd say, are you reading God's Word? Are you praying? Start there. It's like if an athlete said, I want to get healthy, I want to, I want to get stronger and healthy. Okay, exercise and eat properly. Go back to the basics. Spend time with God. Give it time. Know that God is at work. My sister, about 15 years ago, went through a very difficult divorce. And I asked her, I said, where is your faith right now? She said to me this, she says, I believe that God probably exists and that he's good. Everything else is on the table. 15 years later, I see how God has used the hurt and pain in her life to bring healing to other people's lives. I see how she's growing and thriving in her faith. How she, she wants to know God more. He took her from where he was where she was at and he moved her forward. So if you are right now in that darkest valley, know that God is with you. Know that He'll carry you through and that He can use all the pain of our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Hold on to this truth. Live it out and be encouraged by it. Let's pray.